here for all Rose can suck my balls Fuck your reply guys Please don't fuck your reply guys Just listen to reply guys Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys, the leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. I'm Julia Clare. I am Kate Willett. Uh, By the time you hear this, uh, we are traveling. I will be in Chicago. This week is going to be a special episode. Uh, You know, normally we start the show by talking about some current events, our recommendations, um... But this week, since we're not here, we are providing you with uh, some more evergreen content. And uh, we are returning to one of our favorite formats for Reply Guys episode. And that is a drag Drag his ass. ass. Uh, And this week, we've decided to drag, really, I I think what is emerging to be one of the worst people, maybe in the world... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly in our lifetime, uh, former mayor of Chicago, former chief of staff in the Obama administration, uh, former, former head of the DCCC, former board member of Freddie Mac, and former ballerina. We actually stand. We yeah, stand you a know man what? that loves ballet. We, He's we stand. It. We stand a man who's in touch with his feminine side, but not this man in particular. It's Rahm Emanuel. <laughs> um, and in order to drag his ass, the full. Uh, dragging glory. We have invited uh, some of our very good friends on the show to drag his ass with us. Welcome to the show, David Spector and Rohan Padier. Wow, yes. Hell yeah. Hi, I'm David Spector, and by the time you hear this, I will be long dead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... We, we've we've all been friends for a long time. Rohan and I um, yeah. met back in Boston years ago. We've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Friends and lovers. Yes. Um, incredible. Rohan is probably one of my best friends. Yeah. And uh, David is also here. And... <laughs> <laughs> David Spector. David Spector uh, is uh, he is a, a dear friend to my soul. David Spector has been just running a low level grassroots campaign in Kate and my DMs <laughs> for, to get us to support Bernie Sanders um, for the I last think... year, and it has been highly effective. Um, yeah, it has worked. So, you know, I think since maybe 2016, definitely since the election results, uh, I got, you know, I got curious mm. about socialism. I was reading about it. Uh, but, you know, I was not... A Bernie stan in 2018. I thought he was pretty good, but I, I think... Okay, you always say this. You voted for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You voted for him in 2016. You voted for him in 2016. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm team yeah. K2 in that like, I voted for Bernie in like 2016, but like when Hillary won the primary, I was like, okay, this is like not that big of a deal. Like, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, mm. I really didn't really see like a huge yeah. difference between them mm. and and like and like and all of that. And then you know Trump won, and then I started reading a lot more about it, and I was like, oh, I was wrong this entire yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same, mm. same, same. Yeah. And you know, I think uh, a big part of the way that I ended up becoming more politically radical was that uh, I was uh, chatting with my friend David Spector a lot. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it once um, it he once again not- <laughs> proved that it's very important uh, for women to listen to men. And 
Um, the ultimate reply guy. The reply man. I guess both of you have been very like mm. influential friends to me in terms of like kind of getting me to think about stuff from but a that's new how perspective. I feel about both of you. Truly. Yeah. Like yeah. I read your Twitter accounts. Mm. I see like your posts on Facebook. I've I never, like, especially I've never Julia, tweeted. Julia for so long has been so Julia has been so annoyingly political for so long. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so no, that's and that's how I feel about you guys. And so like every time I'm like, oh, I do I think that I'm like, oh, I read this. I wonder what Julia and Kate think about it. You yeah. already have like ten posts about it already. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wonderful, great. I think one thing that we've always agreed on mm. Um, mm. is how much we fucking hate Rahm Emanuel. Oh my God, yeah. Well, what an odd cornerstone for a friendship. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. definitely the type of nerd that we are. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so, you know. I wish, I, I want to get to the point like with our, I know we all have, ish, everyone has their own issues with like the politics of their family and friends. And mm. my goal is to like, go from talking to them about how evil Trump is to talking to them about how evil Rahm Emanuel is. Cause you need to get like, you need to get like four or five people deep before you can finally be like, okay, I trust you enough to tell you that this supposedly died in the wool Democrat is actually a died in the wool Republican, uh, crazy evil person. You know, what's interesting is that I think that I can, there are a lot of people like that where I think that my like Republican dad is more, like he's more easily convinced that that's the kind of person where he's just like, yeah, they're all like, they're all corrupt. Like Mm. that's, that's Rom. Like Rom is so, Mm. uh, he's just so he's Rom is so corrupt that like, it is a bipartisan adventure. (laughs) It is. It's crazy. He is a caricature of, he's exactly what you just said, Julie. He's a caricature of all politicians are crooks and corrupt. And to a point where when we were like all of us talking about doing research about him for this, we just kept on. Un- I could not uncover one good thing yeah, about him. Right? It was really yeah. staggering. Like what made you a prominent pot? Like what made him someone that people in the Democratic establishment could even trust to begin with? You know well, what? I mean, is, I don't want to be the one to bring it up, but he is a chosen person. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Well, he is really good at raising money. Fundraising. Nah. That's what that's, it is. Yeah, that's, that's been, I think, why people have... Uh, like many of his kind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay, look. Uh, David Spector is going to try to just tank this podcast yeah. and make it very anti-Semitic, and I won't let him... Uh, yeah, well, David, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, yeah, we. David Spector is uh, a Jewish man with uh, yes. a little bit of uh, self hatred. I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> no self hatred. This is not an anti-Semitic podcast. He hates all the other Jews. Uh, <laughs> no self hate. I'm just here. I'm here on behalf of the men going their own way community. And uh, I'm just out to tank this uh, reply, guys. No, no, no. Um, but that. Is, but yeah, that to to Kate's point, that is exactly why he became ingratiated. Mm. In uh, in the Democratic establishment, yeah. everything I've I've read and heard about him is that he was people have called him a quote preternaturally gifted fundraiser. Same thing they said mm. about Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, right. but I don't yeah. think Nancy Pelosi is as bad as Rom. No, I don't think so either. And oh. but people said the same thing about Chuck Schumer. Let's dive in uh, now it's, that we've established how he uh, ingratiated himself with the party. 
but, his life has really been a, a lifetime of uh, truly trash behavior. Um, <laughs> we but, hate to see it. Am yeah. I using that expression correctly? Yeah, yeah we hate to see it. We hate to see it. We sincerely hate to see it. Um, I think that we're going to try to go a little bit chronologically mm-hmm. of uh, the reasons that we hate Rahm Emanuel and want to drag his ass. Uh, but we may skip around. So anyway, mm. let's jump in. Let's jump into our, our young. Let's jump into Lake Michigan. Yes. Rom. Oh my God. All right. Uh, <laughs> he was born in Chicago. He's a Chicago native. Um, he is a graduate of, uh, Sarah Lawrence in Northwestern tells you all you need to know. Yeah. yeah. But so here's a great thing about Rom. Rom mm-hmm. was a dancer. And this mm-hmm. is the, this is, you know, this is probably the last good thing about him, but we want to give credit to credit where, where credit, credit is, is due. Is due. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hold me closer, tiny dancer. Yeah, he was he was a ballerina, um, which I I actually do think it, I actually do think is cool. Unfortunately, I mean, Rom is terrible, and I and in any other man, I would think that that's cool. I would also think it's cool that when he was in high school, he lost a finger to an Arby's meat grinder uh, <laughs> because yeah. he was working at Arby's and then swam in Lake Michigan, and it got too infected, and so it had to be amputated. And, uh, Can uh, I that... tell you a theory I have that may be controversial? Uh, I you're think gonna. if you are, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you are good at any artistic or creative pursuit and you pursue politics you should be shot immediately <laughs> i think hitler artist rom ballerina it's all the same shit <laughs> and that explains you know not to spoil anything uh rom's vendetta against the environment when yeah he was, absolutely uh, when he was because he know, lost a mayor. finger to a contaminated lake, lake. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, he chopped his uh, his middle finger off at Arby's, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then it got too too infected because he swam in the lake. <laughs> That's like the perfect. Well, I chopped my finger off. May as well go for a swim. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I think he got corporation Stockholm syndrome where he cut his finger off at Arby's and then spent his whole career being like, no, actually, it was my fault that it got yeah. cut off. The corporations are good. Let me uh, uh, let me deregulate them to so they can forgive me for cutting my finger off at Arby's. Also, whoever ate Rom's finger at Arby's, congratulations on the only person to eat anything close to real meat at that restaurant. Oh, oh no. There's no better like metaphor for his politics that he destroyed himself trying to shovel garbage to people. <laughs> well, there goes our Arby's sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What do we have next? So, he was in the Clinton administration. Um, he was uh, an advisor to the president. Um, he was chief of Epstein Affairs. Yes. So, he was... So, he... Basically, he again, he started in Chicago politics, was immediately kind of noted for his fundraising abilities. Uh, I, that just means that he's like a sociopath. I don't right. know. Like, yeah. again, yeah. To, to be good at that, you have to be just a terrible person. Um, and he was the national campaign director for the DCCC. Um, in 1988, which got him obviously national attention because it's mm. a national committee. Yeah, and then he was tapped by um, you know the man who we will never cancel, Bill Clinton, <laughs> <laughs> the uncancelable man. What did he do? Oh, yeah. um, he no, cared he's too never much. Done anything he wrong? No. 
He was national finance director for the Bill Clinton Al Gore presidential campaign. Yes. Again, for his fundraising abilities. And then when Clinton was elected, he served as senior advisor uh, to President Clinton, uh, deputy director of communications, executive assistant, senior advisor on policy and strategy. Just There's no coincidence that people like Rahm Emanuel... Uh, were prominent members of the Clinton administration. And then in the Clinton administration, you know, you start seeing these horrific uh, programs to, like, you know, destabilize welfare, to Mm. sort of uh, lock people up, lock minorities up more, uh, to sort of deregulate uh, all different types of industries. Uh, You know, the repeal of Glass-Steagall was under Clinton, right? Mm. So, like, you see these type of people who are good at raising money and have, you know, incredible corporate interests. And then you see the uh, complete sort of, not breakdown, but yes, I'm going to say breakdown of federal regulation to benefit. I mean, there were talks about privatizing Social Security in the Clinton (laughs) administration. Exactly. A Democratic administration, an administration that's supposed to support uh, unions and teachers and all of these uh, sort of middle class uh, interests. Mm. There's a a famous story um, from uh, Rom's early time uh, at the DCCC. Mm. Um, So this is in 1988. He lost a critical house race that he was expected to win um and he blamed pollster uh alan seacrest for giving him erroneous information the beef actually had to do with money seacrest complained to higher ups that emmanuel was uh giving party consulting gigs to cronies so to retaliate emmanuel sent him a dead fish Um, And then I guess the story is something that Emmanuel brags about like all the time to like prove his fucking gangster credit, you know, (laughs) he's like, yeah, I fucking sent this guy a dead fish. Like it's like the godfather or some shit like that. But in reality, like Emmanuel is probably just such a prissy, like prep school kind of guy. He doesn't even get that like, oh, this really means I'm going to kill you. He's probably just like fish. Everyone hates fish. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) They smell bad. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah. It is notable that in a city like Chicago that is nationally renowned for its corrupt politicians, that Rahm has been able to distinguish himself. Yeah. (laughs) Truly. It's like because he wasn't arrested, that's how you know he's worse than all of them. (laughs) For real. Every single person that he associated himself with as mayor of Chicago, was, I mean, not to spoil the rest of the podcast, was arrested for some sort of financial fraud yeah. or something mm. related to bribery or corruption or mm. kickbacks. And it, it's like it's like comical. It is truly, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> oh, and, you know, the hits just keep coming. Uh, so he's in, the, he's in the, the Clinton White House for, for six years. Mm. And, and then uh, he is appointed by... President Clinton to the board of Freddie Mac. You mm. may remember Freddie Mac from the uh, financial the crisis, financial financial crisis. crisis <laughs> which they yeah. were instrumental in causing. Mm. Yes. Um, which he was paid over $300,000 for a board seat where they met like six times a year. They met right. six times. They weren't overseeing anything. Um, they weren't looking the other way. Some would say on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Rom basically openly did insider trading and yeah. dumped, <laughs> dumped a bunch of stocks. Yeah. He sold, he sold up to $250,000 worth of Freddie Mac stock 10 mm. days 
before it dropped by or uh, ten days before it dropped by like ten percent or something like that. I uh, sold uh, ten thousand shares of Bernie Mac stock. <laughs> you know what? The only hill that I'm going to die on is that um, Martha Stewart went to jail for insider trading. Yeah. When she is, in fact, a feminist hero mm. uh, because men have been doing it forever out in the open. So Rom was serving uh, as a member of the board of directors of uh, Freddie Mac. And then he decided to run for a seat in the U.S. House of Representatives and for Illinois' 5th District um, in 2002, which he won. And then he was reelected in 04, 06, and 08. Guess what one of his responsibilities when he was serving in the House was? Hmm, Kate, what could it be? Was he in charge of oversight of Freddie Mac? I bet he was. Yes. <laughs> was this uh, before the financial crisis? Yes, it was. It absolutely was. Absolutely yeah. he was. He served on the House Financial Service Committee's subcommittee on capital markets, insurance, and government-sponsored enterprises. Well, good. I'm him sure for he was preventing the yeah, financial that's crisis. right. I'm uh, sure he was doing a lot of oversight. Yes, a ton of we, oversight. And that's why in 2008, we all had jobs and we all are making six figures right now thanks to our good friend Ram Emanuel um (laughs) after our friend Ram Mm. um otherwise known as Rombo I think which is a nickname he gave himself (laughs) Um, that is a nickname that you give yourself I was gonna call this podcast a rom-com because (laughs) yeah uh, oh that's a great title I think that's gonna be uh Ram Emanuel became the chair of the DCCC or the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee in 2005. He has been called um, a political genius uh, by a lot of people that don't know uh, what they are talking about. They don't know the term by, genius, uh, what the term genius means or political. Um, by him anonymously in yeah. Politico magazine. Yeah. Rombo is a political genius. The Democrats won a lot of seats in 2006. Um, you got the nickname Rombo for killing tons of brown people, actually. Yeah. And, you know, some... So, you know, in 2006, uh, it was the the second term of W, extremely unpopular. Mm, Um, We were smack dab in the middle of the Iraq war, which um, a lot of people had already realized was probably a mistake. Uh, Mm, Let's go ahead and say it was a mistake. Uh, Beginning of uh, cuts to Medicare as well in 2006. Mm. So, you know, there there were a lot of seats that were kind of uh, ripe for the taken. Um, But because Rahm Emanuel was... Uh, overseeing the DCCC during these successful midterm elections, people really thought that he was a smart guy. Um, He had a strategy, which is still pretty much used to this day, of running um, very centrist candidates, uh, corporate-backed candidates, um, and a giant emphasis on corporate fundraising. Mm. Um, So, you know, he... As the chair of the DCCC, he made a lot of decisions about where to spend the money. But, you know, if you look into these decisions, a lot of them were actually pretty dumb. Right. Um, he was giving money uh, like millions of dollars to incumbents that had very safe seats, mm-hmm. won by 17, 18 points. Um, also, 
for progressive candidates that were extremely popular um, in their districts, people who had a lot of grassroots support, um, he would throw a bunch of money behind people that were more centrist who often lost the elections because they had no grassroots supports. Mm. Some of the progressive candidates went on to win Anyway, this particular strategy, you know, is still being followed today and, you know, mm. can can maybe be, you know, along with right to work, which we talked about in a lot of the last episode, um, can maybe be said to like, uh, you know, be responsible for these kind of widespread Democratic losses and just it's like mentality that just like whichever candidate with the most money is going to win and that centrism will always win. Like even when like the data just shows that that's just not true. And they oh. always act like there are zero Democrats in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's every election is between what Republican voters want to vote. Republicans yeah. have done such a good job of dictating like where the discourse yes. begins. Mm. Absolutely, That's like absolutely where it, where it begins, and then feeding into centrist policies like this, and feeding into centrist candidates. You know, people will point to Rahm Emanuel's in the two thousand eight. You know, Democrats took the House, they took the Senate, right? And then two years later, they couldn't like agree on any sort of reform and governed completely ineffectually. And then Republicans took back <laughs> the Republicans took back yeah. the House, and this type of strategy is continuing to be pushed going forward. I guess in this election and. Uh, by the DCCC in 2016 and 2018. And like, uh, we've already seen what's happened when this happens, when yeah. these type of yeah. candidates are pushed. Mm. I mean, the Democrats, like, what they had in 2008 was like once in a lifetime right. majorities. Like, they had a Philip Bruster approved majority in the Senate for right. a while. And his idea is like, go, like, pass right wing legislation. It is, ab- and you know, Rom was chief of staff in the Obama administration. He, he was appointed by Barack Obama as his chief of staff in 2008. And <sighs> Obama had to bring his entourage <laughs> from Chicago. Yeah. His, yeah. his Rom-tourage. Rom-tourage. Uh, <laughs> and so Rom is almost uniquely responsible for carving out a path for the first Obama administration of pursuing kind of centrist ends. Mm, yeah. Um, because the Obama administration, the, because Barack Obama had been attacked so vociferously on the right as being like a communist and a socialist or right. whatever, they were obsessed with appearing kind of down the middle, not super partisan, to the point that, again, they had these historic majorities. They had a once in a lifetime mandate. They could have passed mm. so much. Right. And Rom, as we said in our, our Nancy Pelosi episode, Rom did not want they Rom wanted them to completely abandon ACA and pursue right. a very moderate jobs bill instead. You know, a lot of the time when people talk about the Obama administration, they're like, oh, well, mm. he wanted to do all these progressive yeah. things, but he was held back by Republicans. And that is true. That's not it's it's definitely not totally untrue. But, you know, a huge thing um, that we saw in the ACA fight um, was that Obama turned his back on all of his grassroots support. Of I mean, course, yeah, he, yeah. in his 2008 campaign, built up a giant email list, mm. um, probably the, the biggest ever of yeah. any presidential candidate. And he, you know, he had a huge volunteer base. And mm. when um, the uh, ACA was first on the table, um, there were a bunch of people that were writing their congressional representatives, mm. showing up at their offices, um, and Obama was like 
he put a stop to it. You it's know, whereas the, you could see someone like Bernie, like Bernie, probably even Warren would like straight up encourage, like, please mm, right. keep calling these. I don't know if Warren would do that, but Bernie definitely would. Mm, um, sure. And Rom was a big person that was like, no, we need to get these people to calm down. Um, we are going to go in a room and meet mm. with all these uh, healthcare and pharmaceutical executives and we, we will we'll hash out what we're going to do. Uh, we are not going to engage with the grassroots space. And, you know, so a lot of the kind of progressive aims that maybe the Obama administration originally had were hampered by Rom's strategy. It's also like that we know what happened after that, which was the Democrats lost thousands of seats. So yep. if you were going to lose anyway, why not lose with something? Absolutely. Go down in flames, baby. Right. Just like, <laughs> what were you saying? You, Julia, before we were talking about uh, Elizabeth Warren and, Okay, so the when the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau was created by Elizabeth Warren, um, there was a lot of talk about who would head the bureau once mm. it was formed. Um, the natural heir to that obviously would have been Elizabeth Warren, Warren, who created it, mm. and Rom hated her. Uh, really, just like the the prevailing wisdom in the Obama administration, the first one was that Elizabeth Warren was too far left. She was too hard on them. Mm. One of uh, one of the the people who worked in the first Obama administration was quoted as saying that the attitude towards her was, why are you pissing in our face? <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, that the, was that the Marine who came out? Uh, <laughs> the 24-year-old Marine. <laughs> yes, who, that's right. Who, Jacob uh, Wall yes. accused her of fucking. Yes, um, and he came out and... and, Liz, and uh, gave away all of Elizabeth Warren's kinks uh, <laughs> to the general public. Uh, but it's mm. like that's so that's one of the reasons why, like, even though I'm a, you know, I'm a Bernie supporter. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I think that I'm I'm still not as like I'm still not as suspicious of Elizabeth Warren as some of my of my comrades on the left because I'm just like any enemy of Rahm Emanuel is a friend of mine. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. By opposing Liz Warren, Rahm was showing he is a true leftist. He was reading <laughs> yeah. and he knew that even though she set up this organization, Bernie bro, Rahm Emanuel. Based on yeah. what everyone is saying, it sounds like 2008 to 2012 was a golden age of bipartisanship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Truly, and you can hide. And that's what the insidious thing about everyone in the Obama administration, maybe not everyone, but like a lot of people in the Obama administration was that they could say we are being bipartisan. We are talking to Republicans. We have people from more uh, right wing or center right uh, institutions in our administration so we can hear what they exactly. have Exactly. You have Rahm and David Pluff openly calling the progressive base bedwetters. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, Fuck off. And the yeah. thing is, is like, I think one thing not to like skip around too much, but one thing that you can really see uh, from his time at the DCCC is that, you know, Rahm, he talks a lot about, you know, how he just wants to win and how the mm. most important thing is to put another win on the board and it's all about winning. Sure. But, you know, the people that he chose to back mostly lost. Um, yeah. He spent all these money on centrist candidates that like had no support that he was like, Oh yeah, this is what the people are going to want. And then they fucking lost. Sometimes the progressive people won instead of them. But you know, I think he is somebody that does this thing that a lot of people do, um, which is like kind of couches his uh, committed 
centrism or even probably center right as like, uh, oh, well, you know, this is just what's politically expedient. This is what's pragmatic, but it's not. It's absolutely not. And he's Mm. seen that a lot of times. And it's really just his morality, if you can call it that. And also, it's like, as we were saying, even if you do win, like the Democrats had so had bulletproof majorities in 08 and it's like what's the point of doing that if you're not going to do anything with it right 100 percent. which they did i mean they did pass aca and like they did but there's much more they could have done absolutely especially in a crisis but it's people like ron emanuel and ron emanuel himself like let's not let's be clear he like you had said earlier he was against the public option Mm -hmm. he was against so many of the after the aca that people were that people have found popular. It's again starting at a heritage foundation sponsored exactly. Uh, exactly. plan, and Rahm Emanuel being like, "That's what's going to get us the most supporters. That's what's going to get us the most money." And it's this sort of he is the uh, embodiment of this ideal amongst the Democratic establishment that there are good people on both sides. Absolutely. <laughs> There's this like idea that I think a lot of the establishment Democrats have that like people what they love is like right wing economics and then yeah but it's like no right. a lot of republican voters are respond couldn't give a shit about that they're responding to like the Cultu- racism cultural yeah. things and then democrats unquote. don't like right-wing economics or they would be republicans yeah. right right it, it's also just the elizabeth warren thing i think it's a great example of rom's like mentality where he didn't want her to be the head of the cfpb so he made her a u.s senator I know. right <laughs> yeah. no, 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 literally that's what, so that's what i was reading about um was basically as a way to get Elizabeth Warren out mm. of their hair, um, the Obama administration kind of leaned on all of the Democratic establishment muscle to hand deliver mm. a Senate platform for Elizabeth Warren, um, who, you know, had like, even though she, she would have won it anyways, but she was replacing a, a Republican who won in the special election when Ted Kennedy died. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were just like, reading the the like internal communication about her that was going on at that time i was just like this is so gross and it's just like it's just this like terrible centrist boys club right (laughs) it's just Mm. terrible yeah and it's and and what is in the thing about ron Emanuel that really drives me fucking nuts is that he had this disastrous mayor of chicago which i'm sure we're going to talk about uh, and yet he is being like courted by like CNBC and MSNBC yeah. and all of these corporate media yeah. organizations to be like a pundit and be somebody who can speak eloquently and speak uh, you know knowledgeably. What? And you know what, Rom? Shepard Smith is gone. Fox News yeah. is waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, Rom into Sean Hannity. <laughs> into, <laughs> yeah. In five years, every political panel is going to be like Rahm Emanuel and like uh, Corey Lewandowski. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's just going to be fucking every Trump a guy. Yeah. And David, like yeah. Other David Axelrod. Axelrod. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, should we jump into his disastrous mayorship? I yeah. think that this is true. Like, you know, he. In, in, in with the DCCCC and and his role in the Obama administration, sort of like setting this sort of centrist plate as a uh, you know something like for the Democratic Party, and then he goes to Chicago and straight up uh, just injects right wingism into his veins. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you read about his record in Chicago, it's like. Why the fuck is this guy even a Democrat? I mean, he's yeah. just he's there's no difference. But I mean, he, he behaves like the worst of the Republicans. And like, you know, I don't I'm not someone who thinks it's true that there is no difference between mm. the two major political parties. But if you wanted to make that case, 
Yeah. If you wanted to make that case, Rahm Emanuel would certainly be among your best examples. Oh. I think he, like, you know, like Wiener Circle in Chicago, mm-hmm. where you like, oh, can I have a hot dog? They're like, fuck you. That's yes. like, I think he thinks that being cursed out is what makes the hot dogs good. And that's his like <laughs> approach to politics. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, before we go to his uh, mayoral time. I do um, want to answer this question though, because I have been thinking about it. Though. Oh, what? the why is he a Democrat? Okay, go ahead. Mm. Yeah, I was just going to, I was just going to say that uh, he has a deliberate political strategy of cursing a lot. He was uh, the precursor, <laughs> right, the yeah. precursor to Beto. Beto yeah. yeah. Yes. And that, that was like, that Big is, a, I guess, like a known tactic that he uses with Democratic Party donors is like, you know, he wants people to give him money. So he's like, I'm fucking serious. We're going to fucking win. I don't handle any bullshit. And he just, he curses a lot and everyone loves it. And it's just like, you know, the only reason that people are willing to fucking fall for this shit is because they're nerds who think that swearing is cool. It's just fine. Swearing's normal. At least Beto was like, fuck, give me your guns. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck you. Give me your guns. Give me your fucking guns. So why, Julia, back to your point. (laughs) Okay. So I have been thinking about this since you posed this question of why is Rom a Democrat? And I think it's a very simple answer. It's because he's from Chicago and he, his only political ideology is opportunism and he knows that being a republican in chicago is kind of a non-starter and that's it because he hasn't changed his actual like he's just trying to do center right stuff as a democrat we yeah truly doing research for this there was nothing in there other than the fact that we were talking about earlier that he was that he can raise money that truly indicates that he has any of like the tenets of a belief belief tenets of any like democrat or I've ever seen. I think he's such a right wing goon that because he did ballet, he thinks he must be a Democrat. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I'm artistic, so um, yeah, of course I'm a Democrat. Yeah. All uh, right. So his time as mayor? Should we jump in? Sure. Yeah. This, right. this, is, this is where we really get into it. And this is something that a, a conclusion that Kate and I both came to is in doing, you know, comparing this to our other Drag His Ass mm. episode, which was Joe Biden, is that we both came down on the side of, I think Rahm Emanuel is worse than Joe Biden. Oh, much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think that Joe Biden probably somewhere inside himself at least thinks that he's a nice person, which he's not. But like, I think that Joe Biden wants to conceptualize himself that way. I think that Rom is like, yeah, I don't care. Like morality is completely irrelevant. Joe Biden would never be mean to a person like one to one. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Even though it was on accident, Joe Biden did get the Obama administration to be like, "Oh yeah, we we support gay marriage." Yeah, even though that's it wasn't, true. Even though it was a complete accident, it was a whoopsie had, daisy. Whoopsie but we daisy. we appreciate it. Yeah, so a human rights whoopsie daisy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Whoops. Oh darn. We. That's one of the benefits of dementia that people aren't talking about. <laughs> yeah. Is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And with Rom. There is none of there is none of that empathy and there is none of mm. that core belief system that has anything to do with uh, 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 empathy for people or groups of people. My dude oh. is a morality black yeah. hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is actually kind of back in time, but it's I think the thing I found that upsets me most about him is during the Clinton administration when they were trying to pass NAFTA, Rahm Emanuel said, we have to get tough on illegal immigration or we're never going to be able to sell free trade. Here we go. Which has, what? Yep. Yep. That's a real twofer. Yeah. yeah. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of your the idea that you really want us to name this podcast when we conceptually oh, conceptualized yeah. it, which is two girls one percent. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say that I'm so glad we did not go with that idea. Yeah. I do I do remember uh Kate 
sending me that as an urgent text message <laughs> when you first floated that name and we were both like no i took that name. no <laughs> i pushed it so hard it was would, yeah, yeah yeah no he would like he would like we would be messaging and then like later that day he would like it's like many hours later even the next day he'd be like you know i've been thinking about it and I still think it's a really good idea. <laughs> this is, we had so many first draft uh, names for this podcast. It was it was that. It was uh, All Male Leftist Podcast. Mm, yeah. um, Tampax the Rich, which yeah. we could not use because Tampax is copyrighted. I uh, loved that idea. Yeah, that's a good one. That was a really great one. Yeah. I think in, in four years, Dave is going to slide into your DMs enough where this is going to be a Epstein Truther podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yes, during Rahm Emanuel's first year in office, he closed half of the city's public mental health clinics. Um, there were um, six clinics left. Uh, he was widely protested. Um, this is, you know, the uh, I think Chicago, like violence in Chicago, uh, has definitely been a dog whistle for the right sure. um, again and again. But you know, it's it's impossible to talk about what has happened in the past few years with an increase in violence in Chicago without talking about the fact that like the mental health services were cut enormously. And you know, I'm not saying that there's like a I'm not saying there's a one-to-one relationship between like being mentally ill and being violent at all. Like we know that that's not true and I'm absolutely not saying that. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of people but there is, in there Chicago is, that do need help that are not able to get it because of this fucking right. and, man. And there, there is a one-to-one in, in terms of austerity measures being yes. pushed through mm. and it makes people desperate. And, I, and you're, you're well, talking about... Well, I mean, I just think Rom knows that like therapy is for pussies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Uh, yeah, he stopped being a ballerina without therapy. Okay. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I think it's just like this this type of idea that it is a dog whistle, right? Violence in Chicago by by the right, and then he was like, "Let's get people to stop talking about violence." I know we'll shut down half of the mental health yeah. facilities. Here. Yeah, like. Compl- just needless, needlessly. just absolutely needless austerity measures. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And um, again, I, I mention this book all the time. But um, in Dark Money, they talked about how. So we were when Obama, the Obama administration was first kind of settling in uh, in the the throes of the financial crisis. Republicans were freaking out about the the deficit and the budget or whatever. Right. And so instead of calling that ridiculous like they should have rom led the obama administration to counter with its own austerity plan right yeah to the point where jane Mayer wrote that uh when hillary clinton heard about it she got so upset that she left the building no that's the thing it's like rom makes hillary and nancy pelosi look like fucking leftists yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That is that is insane. And that is like such a right. It is truly a right wing. Like the cuts that he made to city services in Chicago Mm. are all like 
straight right wing playbook cuts mm-hmm. to them looking tough is taking on like vulnerable people right. and not the big corporations. He also and when he was when he was working as an advisor in the Clinton administration, he was very instrumental in sort of uh, helping you know the Democrats draft uh, you know their uh, big prison legislation or their big crime legislation that sort of disproportionately punished you know over time black people and things like that. And Rahm Emanuel is a very like tough on crime kind of guy and was it's really worked out great. For yes, him. Uh... <laughs> he's a guy who will put half of his middle finger in your chest. <laughs> yeah. Well, now he's uh, taking that tough on crime message, but putting it where it belongs with Felicity Huffman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my God. Fucking read that shit. Right, hold on. Let me pull it up. It's, okay. I think it's, I still got it. Basically, Rom is now a columnist uh, and he wrote, uh, it's time to hold American elites accountable for their abuses. Now, when you hear American elites, who do you think of? Uh, I think of Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he did this all to sell his book, and yeah. I'm tired of it. He's rich now. He's yeah. in the one percent. I think of uh, yeah. I think of Joe Biden. I think of mm. I think of uh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Okay. Warren Citibank. Citibank. Uh, UBS. Jeff Bezos. Uh, yes, Jeff Bezos. George Soros, who pays my bills <laughs> when I protest. Yes. This is, so. This is okay. So all reasonable answers, uh, except for our smooth prince Bernie, which I don't appreciate. But, uh, <laughs> uh, here's the first line of: uh, "It's time to hold American elites accountable." Normally, a scandal centered on how rich parents use bribes to win their children's admittance into elite colleges wouldn't play so heavily on the national news. Oh shit! Go off, Rom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, queen. Yes, yes queen. queen. <laughs> For all the focus on inequality, I'm skipping ahead. For all the focus on inequality and social justice, this middle class revolt is the most important barrier standing between Democrats and the White House. They can't afford to ignore it. He thinks the middle class revolt is against Felicity. <laughs> <laughs> That's the premise of this entire no, fucking article. No, he doesn't think that. What he's trying to do is like try to give himself populist cred by talking about something that doesn't, in the grand scheme of things, matter at all. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's no yeah. actual threat to power. No one has done more for the class war against middle class and poor people than Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. On, he's out there on the front lines. Um, Let's talk about what he did to the fucking environment yeah. in Chicago. I, I don't know why I said fucking environment. I guess I'm channeling Rombo. Yeah. There was no need for that fuck there. But so suddenly when you uh, curse uh, his first year as mayor in Chicago, he eliminated the city's Department of Environment. Yes. Um, after they, so, it. After they took <laughs> yeah. his finger, he took them away. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> the environment hurt him and now he's hurting the environment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, it's a city. Why does it need um, an environment? You know, the uh, Chicago now has half the environmental inspectors that it had before he started hazardous material inspections fell by 90 percent during his time in office air quality inspections fell by 70 percent solid waste inspections i think which means poo and trash uh (laughs) fell by more than uh 60 percent the man is literally Um, toxic (laughs) there was a a huge environmental scandal he so Rahm Emanuel he increased the fees to homeowners for uh, water and sewers. He he doubled them. So then thousands of homeowners faced water shutoffs. Um, This is true toxic masculinity. (laughs) It gets gets much worse. Uh, So what he was trying to do, I mean, ostensibly, is finance replacement of the city's aging pipes um, and water mains. Um, I think water mains means pipes, but I'm not positive. Um, Mm. But uh, the way that he did the work, um, 
what uh, it increased the um, the lead in the water uh, to toxic levels. Um, the EPA uh, warned him about this. Um, so uh, for five years, um, the Emanuel administration insisted that the tests were safe. Um, the Chicago Tribune published an article um, that the lead levels were above the federal health standards. Um, 30% of homes uh, requested tests after work was done. Emanuel said no. Um, people got sick. Um, yeah, it was, it's fucked up. Is there any, I mean, you guys have all been saying this, but truly, is there any difference between him being mayor and like a comic book supervillain being mayor? I don't mayor? think so. Right. I don't think, I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Um, Julia, you were going to say something. Oh, yes. So fees are a really fun way that neoliberal Dems and right. Republicans uh, love to pay for things instead of taxes because fees disproportionately hurt poor people. Yes, right. they do. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so th that's like, so when, when Mitt Romney was governor of Massachusetts, he talked, he bragged about how he like balanced the budget without raising taxes or whatever. And what he did was just push through a shit ton of fees. Right. Mm. It's just it's it's just a regressive tax exactly. on poor people, yeah. and that's yeah. yeah. It's like when Obama, it's like when the Obama administration were like, actually, we got we uh, lowered civilian deaths with our drone strikes, but then they actually classified like terrorists as anyone within a five mile radius of a terrorist. <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. It's like oh fuck. Rom uh, is very much the drone yeah. of yeah. our lives. Yeah. The fee drone. It's like in Ferguson, right? Like the cops will just like any minor thing wrong with your car, and you have like hundreds of dollars in mm -hmm. fees. Oh right yeah. Away. And and it's what's wild is that what Kay was saying is that he wanted to do this so he could fund like the refurbishment of pipe of like whatever their like lead pipe system or whatever. So he got he dismantled anyone or like got rid of anyone who could possibly help him in that fight to, re to yeah, restore it's like all the cuts pipes. that he made were to essential yeah services and programs and the shitty thing is like so the flint water crisis i mean i'm sure it requires its own episode but very abridged an evil billionaire governor made his evil billionaire friend money by poisoning people yeah and like rom does that and he does enrich himself but not at the scale of billions he's just a goon yeah, yeah. <laughs> truly like truly like uh truly a goon and like we were saying earlier like like the people that he appointed to help him do all of these things were all arrested for some reason yeah. or have gone to jail or have admitted to taking bribes. They were given the old Felicity Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're sitting there with her and Rob, Rod Blagojevich. <laughs> yeah. Some of uh, Rom's worst moves. And, and, you know, this is it's hard to be among the worst things that Rom Emanuel has ever done, because as you probably noticed by now, it's pretty bad. Uh, uh, but Rom uh, picked a giant fight uh, with Chicago teachers. Um, I know, Julie, you've read a lot about that. Yes, I have. The Chicago Teachers Union went on strike in 2012. And the structure of the government in Chicago is unique in that the teachers union, the Department of Education is pretty much directly under the mayor. Mm. Um, so if you want to lose support really quickly and you want to be a villain, a public villain immediately, just like make your number one enemy teachers, right. like public school teachers. Um, 
So basically he, (laughs) there's an incredible gift that you should look up of, or it's just like a little video of, uh, him going by a Chicago public school teacher at a meeting. We'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. And, uh, the guy just absolutely refusing to shake Rahm Emanuel's hand. Um, but he has been pretty anti-union across the board. The Mm. Chicago teachers union is not unique there. Um, one of the things I, I liked in uh, Micah, Micah Utrecht's book, Strike for America, which is about the Chicago Teachers Union strike, um, he said um, this was, I don't again, I don't want to jump around too much, but when um, the stimulus was being pa- passed and the, uh, the auto worker bailout was, the auto industry bailout rather, was happening, um, there were a lot of questions about what would happen to the workers. Like, would mm. this just disproportionately benefit the the C-suite employees, which we found out that it did. It did. Um, and he said, and I quote, fuck the UAW. Um, yeah. And he's just kind of really... Uh, it sounds like he, he's a big supporter of them. He wanted to have sex with everybody <laughs> in the UAW. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand how that's It's evil. literally the converse of eat the rich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so Karen Lewis is a, a Chicago journalist, and she said that ever since he took office as mayor in 2011, he was, quote, clearly anti-teacher from the very beginning, which is, again, an insane thing to be if you're the mayor of a huge city like Chicago. Well, maybe he was just cool, and he knew that school sucks. Yeah. And he was, like, <laughs> down with homework. He yeah. just yeah. Like he wore that shirt at the first meeting. <laughs> he has he uh, cut hundreds of millions of dollars from neighborhood schools. Um, can I can I read this quote? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, Lewis quoted Emmanuel as having said that a quarter of Chicago public school students were quote never going to make it, and that he wasn't going to throw money at the problem. But that's exactly what he <laughs> he did end up throwing money at the problem in the in the form of uh, cutting the budget and then having like private charter companies come in yeah. at these like strip mall schools that didn't actually do shit. Well, he, that's his his attitude is these kids have no future anyway. Yeah, so right. he may as well. He put... wasn't gonna he was gonna make it like the private sector's problem, oh not God. his Fucking problem. God. And he yeah he did all of the like terrible right wing education ideas. Um, he. Uh, you know, cut, uh, obviously cut a bunch of resources uh, for schools. He cut the librarians. Uh, he cut counselors, social workers. Um, he uh, raised the threshold for a Chicago teacher strike union vote. Um, he uh, made a provision to cancel the teacher's annual raise um he diverted money to pay for quote security services um basically we know that means making schools uh for black and brown kids more like prisons right um he was hostile to teachers uh he pushed an agenda that uh prioritized test scores which we know doesn't actually help with student education time and time again it is yeah i don't know no child left behind has really been working yeah (laughs) yeah um he claimed as kamala harris is doing now that the issue was students needing a longer school day oh uh, yeah um it's this guy like, just like i i know there's a lot going on with like obama's ideology and how many good people does he is there really to choose from but it when you hear about these people in real life it's astonishing that he was like obama's like the chief of staff for the first, i mean yeah, yeah it, but it does i think you know i used to think like I think back in like 2014, Mm. 2015, when people would like talk about like, oh, Obama's pretty bad. Like I would think, you know, I'm like, yeah, drones are bad. But like to me, anybody saying that Mm. sounded like 
they were a member of the lunatic fringe honestly i was like okay only only like professors and like you know people who are just really out there think that obama is bad like he's Mm. fine he's you know he's like but, you know, looking more into it, I mean, especially like through the lens of like what came of his presidency, I think those people had a point. A cornerstone of the argument that it seems like uh, Mikey Utrecht is making in in Strike for America is that basically the Chicago Teachers Union in this fight in 2012 were fighting a lot of the policies that were part of the Obama administration's education reform yeah. plan. Um, so uh, it's just, it's all, I don't know. I just don't know how you, you pick a fight with public school teachers and think that you're going to win because, but to him, that's what shows he's tough and he's getting things done that he's taking on the democratic constituencies where it's like, no, you're supposed to defend your constituencies against threats to them. Yeah. And he sees it like, I mean, his opposition, like Mm. it isn't to the right wing. His opposition is to the grassroots and there, you know, the grassroots opposes him. Um, I mean, Chicago is now moving towards an elected school Mm. board system because he fucked it up so bad Um, in 2015. Uh, parents and activists staged a 34-day hunger strike to force him to backtrack on one of the school closings. I mean, this is a man that did not give a shit what the activist base or his constituents that were suffering as a result of his policies cared about at all. No, because of his background as a... This is exactly what I was going to (laughs) say, is that he hates the grassroots activists so much because they make him irrelevant if 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 it if it happens that we have you know your your 27 dollar donations from individuals Mm. that can completely fund a campaign Rahm Emanuel is not the smartest guy in the room anymore and that's the only reason why anybody ever listened to him in the first place is because he knew how to raise so much money he's the money guy if he's not the money guy anymore, he doesn't matter. Also, no. if you're the money guy, you're only talking to rich people exactly. all right. the time. Exactly. There's yep. no way the average voter's interests align perfectly with the CEO of Aetna. Like, there's yeah. just no <laughs> fucking way. Yeah, or the CEO of these, like, private charter yeah. schools that he, like, is friends with and, like, buddy-buddy with. And he mm. appointed to, like, head the school board. And then, you know, uh, they got, you know, they, you know, were... were Surprise, surprise, taking kickbacks and offering no bid contracts for charter schools and shit. So the thing that really is so crazy making about uh, the Trump administration is that Donald Trump has appointed every cabinet secretary that Donald Trump has appointed. Their expressed career before that was to undermine the purpose of that department. (laughs) Was to completely like destroy that department. You're totally right. Yeah. Rom did a version of that yeah Yeah. absolutely when he was mayor and i and i hate doing i i also hate the like democrats and republicans are the same but rom is again i think we've we've pointed out that rom is the worst egg in the basket like i really just think that he is and i don't think that he i don't think that he gets enough uh, recognition for how much of a piece of fucking shit he is. No, I mean, as David was saying, like, you know, he's consistently on cable news. Mm. He's on uh, Colbert. Um, 
not too oh, long ago. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and like, you know, he's seen as like, oh, you know, this Obama alum who can tell us about, you know, what we need to do for the yeah. future of the party. But, but I mean, and he's opining on it all mm. the time. And like, there's no reason that anybody should be listening to this guy. No, but and, that's media elites, right? That's their whole like ecosystem where mm-hmm. I don't think people in Chicago like him at all. No, no. no people no, in Chicago fucking hate him. Um, I can't believe that he was an, even elected for two terms terms. yeah and um this is my favorite when he was (laughs) he said that he didn't know how committed he was to a third term it's like buddy nobody (laughs) wants you yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, i'm not sure how you were committed to the first two terms you know like so i want to get into his why he didn't run a third term in a minute uh which i think ties ties into his cover-up of laquan mcdonald's murder but you know just to kind of briefly mention Rahm Emanuel is also largely responsible for a housing crisis in chicago mm-hmm. um subsidized huge luxury developments he has really prioritized attracting corporate headquarters um made a big ass kissing suck up bed for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, has really uh, neglected um, low income neighborhoods in Chicago. Democratic governor, gubernatorial candidate um, Chris Kennedy accused him of carrying out a strategic gentrification plan Um which makes sense. Um, th- you know, the the largest demographic growth under Emmanuel was people uh, earning more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. One one of the the overarching themes uh, in Rom's career is that he will do anything to not raise taxes on rich people. Right, and that is very much a function of the fact that all he does all day is talk to rich people, right. and he is a rich person, and he yes. is a rich person. Sure. Mm. Um, but so in in 2012, we just to put a button on the on the Chicago Teachers Union strike, they won. Um, but they also, um, as we've talked about before, they 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 were on strike again this year. And part of their ask was housing was about right. housing because there's such I mean, in all of our major cities, we're seeing um, a squeeze on on housing. And that's very much a function of the all of the luxury developments and right you know, housing shortages and gentrification are are two different things, but they intersect and Rom made sure that they intersected. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, education reform is it's it's not a matter of scores. It's not a matter of like whatever evaluating the efficacy of teachers or like some dumb bullshit like that where you can standardize that type of shit it's like if you're a five-year-old and you don't know where your food is coming from why the fuck would you be focused on any 100 in a school yeah. so like when you when you don't focus on housing reform or you don't focus on these other like tangential things that are related to systemic poverty then you're never going to get education i'm reform. truly like when i read the sentence about him just saying that like these kids are never going to amount to anything oh anyways God. that is absolutely yeah. horrifying i cannot imagine being a parent in the chicago who, who sends their kids to chicago public school and and saying this is the mayor yeah i don't know it's this so is, upsetting it's also like what makes me very skeptical of whenever the democratic party tries to be quote-unquote woke yeah it's like these are the people driving that mess and this yeah. is like when pe- people like i think we were talking very early in the podcast about like how Kate and I were like, okay, what's like the difference between like Hillary and Bernie in like 2016, right? Where we like voted for Bernie because he was a left wing person, but like we truly didn't understand like the 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 institutional 
like rot that the Democratic Party yeah. had created in a lot of ways. And I think Rahm Emanuel, and when Der- Bernie Sanders and AOC both talk about like these like Democratic elites, it's people like Rahm Emanuel yeah. who are doing all of these like horrible things, but you don't really hear about it or like you can't really put like a uh, uh, a face to a name to the face or anything like that if you're just like a a, a regular liberal who, who you know who well, who's just is, like I don't like Trump. And at least someone like at least someone like Hillary Clinton <laughs> at one point believed in something <laughs> right, that right, was right. not yeah. just like totally. worship of money, which right. is uh, again, Rahm has no ideology <laughs> other than protecting the wealthy. Yes. Right. So let's go but ahead. There was and that t- all time great Bernie tweet where he said, I want to thank Rahm Emanuel oh, yeah. for not endorsing yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's in, I watched it today and it was just like Hillary Clinton got the endorsement of Rahm Emanuel. Everyone in the crowd boos. And then he's like, well, I'd like to thank Rahm Emanuel for not endorsing me. And everyone's like, ah! yeah. Bernie, I love when Bernie is a reply guy. He's the yeah. best. So let's talk about what I think is maybe even the worst <sighs> thing that Rahm Emanuel has done. And mm-hmm. what a list. Yeah. What a fucking list to be yeah. able to make it. By the way, this is the, this is the abridged version. Yeah, this yeah. is the abridged Truly. version. We did not get to everything. <laughs> okay, so Rahm Emanuel, he didn't run for a third term as mayor. And uh, it's very possible that the reason that he did not run for a third term as mayor is, you know, in addition to being hated by his constituents for all of the other terrible, terrible things that he did to the city of Chicago, he covered up the murder of 17-year-olds black child named Laquan McDonald, um, who was shot 16 times by Officer Jason Van Dyke. Um, And he spent a year conspiring to keep the dash cam footage hidden from the public and this is where the podcast gets really funny yeah (laughs) um you know um it's i I mean that's there it's very hard to even say anything i don't know i I, he never has a spine when it comes to helping people mm -hmm. the only time he's able to you bring his entire fist down is when it's to hurt people And it's it. This is I mean, this is it's very common for, you know, obviously he he there was I think I remember reading something along the lines of like he kind of supported this idea within the the police administration of Chicago. It's just like, hey, when something happens, nobody talks. And like Ron Emanuel was like, oh, yeah, that's a good policy and a good program. And he was like very close with the police police benevolence association in Chicago, which if you ever seen like the tweets of the police benevolence association of New York. If you ever want a batshit crazy account to follow on Twitter, follow the poli- the PBA of New York. What is that? It is I like don't even know the what that poli- is. it's just a police union, right? Oh. And so is it uh, different from like the Fraternal Order of Police? Uh yeah, I believe so. Yeah. It's, the Police Brotherhood Association. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, something like that. The mm-hmm. Brotherhood of Benevolence. Essentially like uh Brotherhood is a very charged <laughs> word. Anyway, <laughs> he supports these like union organizations which like they are they are the people who create Blue Lives Matter. They are the people who are like mm. cops can do absolutely no wrong because they put themselves on the line every day you know like that kind of thing Mm. so it's like he was in their pocket for his entire listen do you want to confront the churro ladies on the train (laughs) yeah are you up to that oh my god God. yeah so anyway so you know Rahm Emanuel the the footage was only released of Laquan McDonald's murder um, as a result of a, a lawsuit and it was mandated by Court order. Um, it was not the only video that Rahm Emanuel was hiding. Um, he also hid a, another video of the murder of Ronald Johnson, um, a black man who was killed by the police. Um, 
you know, he's in his time as mayor of Chicago, he was consistently on the side of not investigating police violence. He was eventually forced into a consent degree. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks pretty likely that he left office because he had no other option. Uh, oh, yeah. Just, you know, for sure. He it, was defending he was defending a racist police force for this, you know, five or six years. He was, in, he was mayor or however long he was mayor for it. Didn't years. they also do that trap where they brought a truck full of sneakers out to like where a lot of high school yes. kids hang out. And then <clears throat> the, like, they were just waiting for a kid to like grab yeah. one yeah. so they can just like, I didn't, in, I didn't, I mean, that's entrap. Oh it's like, God. it's like the, the textbook entrapment. It's like textbook yeah. entrapment. So he, I mean, Rom vehemently denies uh, any cover up by his administration and mm. said that he has taken uh, great pains to change the police culture in Chicago. And he mm. said, quote, there was no effort. And even the head of the Black Caucus, Rod Sawyer, said there was no cover up, <laughs> um, which is basically your your Joe Biden. My very good friend, Barack Obama. Right. Yeah, he's another right. one that does that. Some of my said, favorite caucuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he still denies to this day that there was any cover up, even though it's pretty obvious that there was. And, you know, he brags about how... Um, he instituted like body cams on officers, but won't release the footage. Yeah, <laughs> unless a court um, order requires him to. Um, de-escalation training. I think that in not in, this is not in his defense, but this is like a thing that you see commonly across America, where it's like Mayor Pete as well, right? Mm-hmm. In 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 India in South Bend, uh, just taking the side of. Uh, the police blindly because uh, you're afraid you're not going to get reelected truly like you're afraid that you are that yeah but also people are very people are very kind of like emotional about the police yeah yes uh yeah first first responders white people are very that's true that's true that's true in that Mm -hmm. in the way that benefit that they're concerned with they're not concerned with the way that other people people of color are are you know, uh, emotional about yeah, the police. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm emotional You're about the police, but the band... Uh, <laughs> the police, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there's definitely... I mean, do you remember... Uh, what did Barack Obama say? That... Um, Oh yeah. Okay. So when a Harvard, a black Harvard professor, mm. what that was very, Henry very Gates. famously, God, yeah. um, when a black Harvard professor was arrested, like stopped at his own home, his yeah, own I, doorstep, I, mm. um, basically Barack Obama said that that Cambridge police officer did a stupid thing or something. Yeah. Used the word stupid. Oh my God. I and that. the political firestorm that because of that one word, you just aren't allowed like white people lose their minds when you say anything about the police, which implicitly, even from that re- reactionary perspective, concedes that there are two sides and one side is the police and the other side are not white people. Yeah. Right. Like, to yeah. get that concerned about the black president. Absolutely. Saying yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ron Emanuel, I think, you know, if you aren't convinced that Rahm Emanuel sucks after this episode, you need Jesus. I don't yeah, know. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go in ahead and put Rahm Emanuel on the canceled board yeah. <laughs> of the Reply Guys. He, yeah. he, he should be he should be absolutely canceled. There's no reason that this man I mean, he should, should ever... Sh- he should be ashamed to show his fucking face in public. He right. should be. And I mean, and people should be ashamed to have him on their but shows. He's also, yeah. He's representative of a establishment class 
that uh, truly has ignored the interest of so many people because these people, because Rahm Emanuel and people like him have been able to get so much money and so much influence in other ways from, you know, uh, big corporations and help them sort of elect, try and elect people and things like that. And he's just really endemic of like the corruption that exists within the Democratic. Well, party. and I th- and I think that it shows. I, th- I think there's been such a visceral reaction to his uh, his strategy and in the kind of wheeling and dealing that he's employed over the years. Um, because you see now you have like two of the front runners in the party who like say that they won't take money from corporate. Yeah. Like the, there's been a there's been a huge backlash. Yes, totally. And yes, I think yes. you know. I th- it, and not only a backlash, per- but a populace who is Absolutely. happy to fund these people. Yeah. yeah, and he's you know he's writing op eds. He's going on TV. Mm. He has the reason that we decided to do this episode about him right now is because he's out there uh, speaking out about mm. you know how uh, Medicare for all is never going to work, and the Democratic Party needs to. Um, Abandon it. Uh, Ezekiel Emanuel is on the is a senior fellow at the at CAP at the Center yes. for American Progress, yep. and he wrote an op ed recently about uh, how Medicare for all is not necessarily the right solution. And he talked about like corruption within the healthcare industry, mergers, you know, monopolistic conditions, uh, the uh, outsized negotiation power of the pharmaceutical industry, even though Medicare negotiates lower prices than private insurers. And it's just like you read this and you're like, so why are you not for med? Why is this not Absolutely. a Medicare that's for all this, type of thing? That's this new thing <laughs> centrists are doing. Like Mayor Pete is like the master of yes. this, where he takes leftist critiques as the premise, but comes to like very retrograde Medicare conclusions. for all. Who want it? Like right. no, shut up. <laughs> yeah, Mayor Pete um, is like they're gonna call us socialist no matter what. So I let's say, do centrism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what Ezekiel Emanuel's solution was to standardize like billing practices or something <sighs> like that, which I, is like. So I I think that Rom is going on this tour of whining um, mm-hmm. because he's seeing that the Democratic Party is bec- is not becoming the party that he wanted it to right. be. Right, and yeah, and he worked it, his whole career to have the Democratic Party be the big money corrupt yeah. <laughs> machine. Right, uh-huh. and it's and it's moving so f- it's moving far away from that. And now and again, his influence will not matter if it goes in the way of populism. Mm. I think that this has been said, I'm sure you've said this or people have said this before, but like to me, the the Republican party knows exactly what it stands for. And the democratic party just knows that it's against Republicans. Mm. And that's like the way that they choose to define themselves. And that's the best way that they can get money. And that's the best way that they can sort of like prop up like these candidates that don't actually do anything, but like perpetuate the system of like, we are against racism. We are against sexism. We are against classism without actually defining what being against those things actually means. Mm. I think that's changing. That's a lot. Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I think that that is, you know, this is his his supernova his dying star moment where he's just like no stop right and and, and, and that's like the hope that's like the, what makes me hopeful about the future yeah. is that people like bernie and people like to a lesser degree warren are are like we're not taking money from corporations you know we uh are are holding pro- corporations accountable yes, we yeah are, we're trying our best to hold corporations accountable we are pro-regulation we're pro-increased taxes mm. we are wealth oh, universalist yeah, the wealth programs yeah, 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 yeah. programs and now i mean obviously we can talk all day about who is like who is going to implement that uh, with more integrity but like the point being Yank. is that there's yeah, 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 and we would conclude it. Yeah. It's Andrew Yang. He is a scumbag, Rahm Emanuel. He's a scumbag. Yeah, uh, he's craven. Yeah, he's heartless. 
He is canceled. He's canceled. <laughs> he's canceled. All in all. He's very, very racist, <laughs> yes. obviously. And in you know, in that way, uh, the Democrats love to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all in all, a very typical Sarah Lawrence alum. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rohan Padier Cool Guy. That's my Instagram handle. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I run a comedy show at the Cherry Tree Bar every Thursday at 8 p.m. in Park Slope. It's called Airplane Mode. It's so good. It's, it's so a great good. show. Uh, yeah, love really it. fun. Spectre's going to do it in a couple weeks, right, Spectre? I yeah. am. Yeah. I am famously banned from yeah, the show. So, uh, Julia has been banned. Uh, Kate also banned uh, for what? being too cool. No, oh. no, no one's banned. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so come. It's every Thursday at 8 p.m. If you're in Park Slope, please come. Um, and thank you so much. Wait, wait, Spectre. David, Spectre. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spectre, oh, yeah, yeah, find yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just find Rohan and you'll <laughs> no. you'll find me. Uh, Instagram at Raw Spectuality. I'm sorry. And on, is that real? Yep. yep. No. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, and then on Twitter at Spector Deforce. Also sorry. <laughs> Very good Twitter. Yeah, great yeah. Twitter. Be careful when you look up David Spector because there's another David Spector who posts pictures of his asshole, yes. as you have noted on your. Yeah, if you search just my name in Twitter, the first uh, David Spector that comes up is a Canadian David Spector who posts pictures of his asshole and how many loads he took that that day. <laughs> he has way more followers than me. <laughs> As he should, frankly. That's the most upsetting thing to expect. Yeah. Wow. Well, on that very weird note. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening Thanks to for our listening, podcast. everybody. Please rate and subscribe. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Thank Bye. you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to Reply Guys. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Fremgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, which is O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can also find our Reply Guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. As I went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land.